This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast. And remember, folks, Bet Rivers has a new football squares game where you can win up to $10,000 when you make your football bets. So check it out on the Bet Rivers and Play Sugar House apps. And remember, for all of your wagering needs, it's uh, Bet Rivers in New York and New Jersey, Play Sugar House in Connecticut. You can find this program exclusively on the Bet Rivers uh, network. Uh, and obviously it's a very big week here in the metropolitan area as the Giants continue to carve out an amazing story. You know, they got off to the fast start this year, came from behind and won some games, proved that they were going to make a run to the playoffs, made it look pretty much in a a certainty they were going to get to the playoffs, and now they have cemented Dable and the – uh, new hierarchy as uh, proven winners as they have won a playoff game and headed them and put themselves in a very good position in the divisional playoffs against the hated Eagles. We welcome in Steve Serby, who has covered football in New York for uh, a million years uh, and will be in Philadelphia this week. Steve, welcome. How are you? Hey, I'm good, Mike. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. My pleasure. You know, um, I wasn't surprised they beat Minnesota. I have to give everybody credit because most people picked the Giants in that game. I think everyone knew that they were hitting that game really at, at just the right time and in the and healthy and ready to go, and they were a good matchup. This is going to be a much taller order. But first, how about a little bit about the relationship the eagles have destroyed the giants in recent years there's no love lost between the franchises how about the giants and the eagles just from a standpoint of division hated division rivals well i uh, just spent some time in philadelphia talking to some eagles fans and they uh, they can't wait to get the giants at the link the giants have not won at the link since 2013 and uh, as you said this is a hated rival. Maybe the Cowboys are more hated by Eagles fans, but right up the turnpike, the, the Giants are a hated bunch too. And um, it's going to be a slugfest, a game of Broad Street bullies on both sides. And I'm picking the Giants, uh, Mike. I'm, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I, I, I see similarities to 2007 when a fourth-year quarterback named Eli Manning became a road warrior and Daniel Jones has the makings of a road warrior um, with the way he has developed under Brian Dable. And um, this is an unflappable Giants team. It's a resilient team. It's a mentally tough team. And it's a battle-tested team that believes. And belief can go a long way. And that's why 
Originally, I was picking the Eagles, and I'm switching to the Giants. Well, you know what? Um, I have been on the Giants a lot this year on the road. Um, I picked them last week. I thought they would win the game in Minnesota. I was not a Minnesota fan. I have a healthy respect for the Eagles, but the thing that concerns me the most about the Eagles is I don't think you can just jumpstart a season again. I'm not a big fan of that. And they had an incredible run. There was a time in the season when the Eagles could do nothing wrong. I mean, no matter what happened in the game, it turned out right. And then they got the injury to Hurts, and they got a couple other key injuries, and they took their foot off the gas pedal, and then they tried to put it back on against the Giants, and the Giants frustrated them with their backups. And they were trying to put the Giants away, and they couldn't. The one thing in that game, though, to be fair, clearly they were not letting Hurts run. So he was not allowed to play and unload the bag. This week he will be a runner, and we know he is a deadly runner and a deadly passer. There's a couple of things in this game, and I'll give you each one of them, that scare the heck out of me from the Giant perspective. And I tell you right now, I'm taking the Giants plus the seven and a half, but I'm not convinced they're going to win. I do think it's going to be a very close game. Let me give you the two, the three things that I worry about. Number one, the tackles and the Giant offensive line has done in very underrated job especially blocking for the for the run but now the tackles against a team that has multiple major pass rushes four guys in double digits and sacks can move guys around can show you different looks can the tackles stand up and provide the kind of protection that Jones is going to need here um well, the one you worry about is the rookie right tackle, Evan Neal, who played in that second uh, Eagles-Giants game when the starters were rested by Brian Dable. Um, it's a tough matchup, matchup with uh, either Hassan Reddick uh, or Brandon Graham, who's had an illness this week, but I'm sure he'll be okay by, by Saturday night. Uh, so that's the one. That, and Neal's been banged up a little bit. He's been toughing it out. But they're going to have to give Evan Neal some help. Um, but then again, you know, Daniel Jones lately has shown a propensity for getting the ball out of his hand quickly. And I'd like to see him continue to target Saquon Barkley in the passing game. You know, the Giants, 38 points, 31 points their last two games. There was a time earlier this season, for a long time, the Giants couldn't score 30 points in a month. And uh, the thing about Hurts, by the way, I'm not convinced he's going to be 100%. And I'm not convinced he'll be able to take a pounding if he runs the ball with that shoulder. So that was one of the reasons I'm picking the Giants. I'm not sold on Hurts being 100%. And another reason is it's not who you play a lot of times, Mike. As you know, it's, it's when you play them. And I think the Giants and Daniel Jones are peaking at the right time. Oh, I think that's they, go, that goes without saying. The second part of this is, and let's be honest, as good as Dable's been, that's how good Wink Martindale has been. He has been a godsend. He has been brilliant. And let's be honest, they aren't afraid, especially in the red zone, to blitz at any moment. They are going to blitz. They know you, you know they're going to blitz. They're going to blitz anyway. And they've gotten better and better at, at covering while they are going to blitz like that. 
But this Eagle team has two killer wide receivers. I mean, and a good tight end, but two killer big play. They produced 18 touchdowns. They caught about, you know, 180 balls. They are killers at the wide receiver spot. Can the Giants, and this is not their greatest strength, can they cover behind the pressure they're going to have to produce in this game? Well, fortunately for Wink and the Giants, Adore Jackson is back. He helped limit Justin Jefferson in Minneapolis. This will be Adore Jackson's second game back. He's their number one corner since James Bradbury left to go to the Eagles. And, and uh, McKinney is back. McKinney is back for his third game. So they've got their, their starting secondary intact, and neither, neither one of those two played uh, against the Eagles. And neither did Leonard Williams, by the way. Leonard Williams missed both Eagles games with a neck injury, and he's ready to go. And the matchup I'd love to, I'm looking forward to watching is Dexter Lawrence against Jason Kelsey. What do you think of that one? Oh, tremendous. Oh, there's so many good ones uh, in this game. And, and, and Lawrence has been unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, boy, would Parcells love a guy like that? Remember Parcells? Parcells always said, bigger is better. And Tom Coughlin always said, big men allow you to compete. So, Absolutely. Uh, hey, big, big was uh, George Young and Parcells both agreed, agreed on a lot of things. But one of the things they agreed on was bigger was always better. Absolutely. And he has had a terrific season. And so have a lot of guys on the Giants who haven't gotten enough attention and, you know, have have really, you know, kind of come out of nowhere to do a, to do a good job in in this season, uh, you know, really unsung guys. So uh, they've been very impressive in, in a lot of ways. They really have. The other thing, the third one, Steve, is the Giants this year have had a handful of moments when they have just completely imploded on special teams. That can't happen in this game. And a lot of times, you know. Special teams can decide these games. I worry about that with them, too. Yeah, that's a legitimate concern, absolutely. But the one thing the Giants cannot afford to have happen is to fall behind early. Last time the Eagles jumped on them in that 48-22 massacre, and that allows that Eagle pass rush, 70 sacks, that allows them to tee off. The Giants cannot cannot afford to fall behind early and play catch-up. Um, and getting back to what you said earlier about some of the unsung guys like Isaiah Hodgins. Hodgins has been great. I like Bellinger. Yeah. Hodgins, Hodgins has been tremendous. He has been just he, – he, he's a keeper now. I don't care who they bring in. I don't care what big wide receiver they get, either in the draft or in free agency. That guy's a keeper as far as I'm concerned. Oh, no, no question about it. No, and he's a good kid. He's one of those smart, tough, dependable guys that Dable and Joe Shane look for. And an interesting thing about Shane, um, he, I mean, you could tell he's a Bill Parcells disciple. He, look at who he's picked up. Uh, Landon Collins, first pick of the second round. Jared Davis, former first round pick. And um, who's the other guy, the first rounder? Um, oh, Jalen Smith, second rounder. Yep. Who should have been a, who should have been a first rounder. And he would have been. He would have yeah. been, yeah. Marcells would have would have picked up the Marcells always picked up guys who were talented. 
yeah. and who, for whatever reason, did not pan out with their previous teams. I think Parcells learned that from Al Davis. Well, you know, guys who came in and were great for the Giants, like Everson Walls, who made big plays, Dave Dewison made big plays, go down the line, million guys like that, absolutely. And then, of course, Otis Anderson, who was a, a key to the second Super Bowl, you know, who obviously had had a big career early on. We're talking with Steve Servia, the post. You know, you mentioned answering. The key, the key to winning a divisional playoff game or any playoff game on the road when you're the road team, you're nine times out of ten going to be the underdog. When you are that team, you have to answer an early score with a score. You have to. And it has to happen before the half. Look at uh, Giants in the Minnesota game. Boom, answered the score right away. Look at Miami against Buffalo. They got down. They were a play or two from being broken. They got that reversal in the end zone at seventeen, at fourteen, nothing. Instead, at twenty-one, it was seventeen. Next thing you know, Buffalo implodes for seven minutes, and it's seventeen, seventeen at the half, and it's a white knuckle the rest of the way. You can't go deep in the game because there's a point where you'll get broken by the by the home team, which is usually the better team anyway. So you have to answer early. You can't yeah, you can't get down in these games if you're the road team if you want to win. You gotta answer early and you gotta try and take the stadium out of it as best you can. Right. And look, it helps it helps having Brian Dable and Wink Martindale. This is their the third time they've played the Eagles in the last seven weeks. That gives the Giants, in my view, an edge. They have a coaching edge with the, the experience of Dable and Wink Martindale. And Tom Coughlin, I, I really believe, would love this team because this is a team. This is the essence of a team. The Eagles have more talent, but a, gr- a good team will overcome talent, and that's why I'm picking the Giants. Well, listen, I, I, I agree with you. I'm taking them with the points, and I, I think it's going to be a very close game either way. I think the Eagles are a little better. I worry about their explosiveness. Uh, I worry about that a little bit. Now, Daniel Jones coming off the best game probably of his life. Um, what, what Dable has done with him, he has taken the mistakes out of his game and he has given him a game plan that works for him. They now play to his strengths and they don't ignore his ability as a runner. They accentuate his ability as a runner. And that is a huge two things they have to accentuate to win. His ability to run, Barkley's ability to catch. Those two yeah, things yep. they have been accentuating, then throw in uh, what they get from a Slayton despite that late drop, what they get from Hodgins, what they get from Bellinger, and now you have an offense and a consistent one, and that's really been a key. And, hey, you know what? Both these quarterbacks are going to be running the football. As you brought up a good point, we're going to find out. You know the Giants are going to lay some hits on Hurts, maybe even lay a personal foul on them early to see if they can shake them up. 
That's part of playoff. We know that. We'll know if he's got a bad shoulder. I heard, you know, the Eagles have been saying all week, oh, he's great. He couldn't be better. Of course they're going to say that. We don't know if it's true. They clearly protected him in the last game. They didn't let him run. He was frustrated. You could see him go to the sideline. He was upset that he wasn't allowed to run in the red zone. That's why they got all those field goals. Uh, he's going to be running now. The guy runs like a crazy man. We know that. But both of these quarterbacks, their running ability in this game is as stark as anywhere in the league. They're going to run more than Josh Allen's going to run. These guys are going to run. The runningest quarterbacks in the playoffs are going to be these two guys. Yeah, but Mike, uh, the way you're talking about laying a hit on Hurts, sounds like you got some Buddy Ryan in you. Hey, I, I, in the playoffs, you know anything goes. And That's and right. you know what? You want to have a guy, if you want to run him, hey, you go out, you run him. And, you go, and you're yeah. going to take a hit. And if you take a cheap shot, it's going to happen. Listen, you're playing for keeps here now. And 15 yards to get a quarterback banged up is not a bad deal. And he's a runner. And he's an incredible runner. Let's be honest. Hertz has had, I think Hertz if he didn't get hurt, was clearly the MVP, even over Mahomes. He played brilliantly this year when he was healthy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, uh, Daniel Jones, to me, right now, is a more athletic Eli Manning at similar stages of their career. He's a more accurate Justin Fields, and he's probably everything that the 49ers were hoping Trey Lance would be. He's a better Um, Alex Smith is what he is. Yeah, that's a good one, too. Yep, I like that. He's yep. not Steve um, Young because he can't throw with Steve Young's accuracy. And he's not right. the athlete that Steve Young was. So, yeah. But he is a good passer and a good, very good deep passer. He's a good passer. He's not a great passer. He's sometimes inaccurate. He's a good deep thrower. And he is a courageous dynamic runner. His running is the greatest strength he has, and he is completely fearless. Yeah, and uh, John Mara was absolutely beaming in the visiting locker room after the Giants had, had beaten the Vikings and Daniel Jones had a career game. He, John Mara said that he, didn't, it, he was never worried, no matter how much the Vikings scored, he was confident that Daniel Jones would bring them back and overcome it. And those are the kind of things that he used to say about Eli Manning. Absolutely. When Eli was, yeah. Um, I, I, and and, and Daniel, listen, winning on the road in the NFL is hard. I mean, in the playoffs, it's hard. That was a good win. I don't like the Vikings. I don't like anything about them. I, I thought they were a, a, a fake team. I think a lot of people did. They proved to be a fake team. Uh, and you know what? The Giants are also better coached. Listen, this is a superior superior when you talk about game planning and getting a team to be cohesive and to play hard and to have a good game plan this team is at the top of the league this guy let's be honest they just struck gold I, you know i knew we put a good yeah. staff together but you could tell and i didn't know when they hired him i never knew one way or the other whether dable i never had any real relationship with dable i know he was here in new york Um, I might've talked to him once or twice. I don't really know him. The bottom line is he's confident. I'll tell you who he reminds me of. He reminds me of two guys who I know very well. One is Andy Reid, and the other one is Rick Majerus. He reminds me of both those guys and they both were great coaches. One is a great coach. One was a great coach. And 
that's he's very comfortable in his skin is what I see. I don't know him. I haven't talked to him. You know, nowadays I don't do that that much, but I haven't talked to him or anything. But I see in him a real, very, very comfortable in his own skin. I also see a guy who's a leader. He's not afraid to rip a guy. He's not afraid to hug a guy. He is very, very good at his job, and he's just natural at it. And, you know, you never know if an assistant's going to grow into that kind of head coach. Yeah, well, he paid his dues, and, and whenever Josh Allen needed tough love in Buffalo, Dable wasn't afraid to give it to him, and Daniel Jones, very much like Josh Allen, doesn't mind being coached hard. And they bought in. The entire team bought in to the to the fun atmosphere, the relationships that Dable built early on, and that was so key. And when he went for two points in the opener in Tennessee, that won them over as well. And um, he's the real deal. It's uh, look, John Mara was due after all the coaching errors they made. Uh, he struck gold with this guy. And again, Dable being comfortable in his own skin, wasn't afraid to hire a Wink Martindale who wants to be a head coach and who is interviewing for head coaching jobs along with Mike Kafka. I hope he doesn't take it because I see him being one of those guys who's not going to be a good head coach, but that's for another day. I think he was every bit as valuable as the head coach. I think he is a co-head coach here the way they work this, and it works perfectly. And I would, if I'm the Giants, give him anything to stay because, listen, I know he's going to go take a job if he gets it. I hear that he, you know, that Indianapolis is interested in him. The bottom line is I just see him as the pure coordinator, and he is gifted as a coordinator, you know. I see a, a, I see a little, I don't want to say buddy, because nobody was like Buddy. I see a little Rex Ryan in, in Martindale. But Martindale is bold. He's confident what he does. And he gets his players to believe in what they're doing. And the Giants have gotten better and better at running his system as the year has gone on. They've learned how to do it and how to cover when they are attacking and they attack, you know, they're going to attack. I mean, it's not a question if they're going to blitz, you know, they're going to blitz and they, and they get away with it and they're good in the red zone. They really have covered things up and it's won them a lot of games this year. And you've seen the confidence grow in that defense and you've seen the confidence grow in Daniel Jones as the season has gone on. This team had very few. I thought the first Eagle game, the Seattle game, were maybe the games this year where I just thought they were out of it. But I thought there were very few times this year where they were not ready to play and to give a big effort. Yeah, and and what gives Giant fans hope uh for Daniel Jones in the future is next year he'll be another year experienced in Brian Dable's system, in his offense. He can only get better, and especially since they're going to draft him another receiver and draft him another offensive lineman. And, uh, look, Daniel Jones is ascending. He's going to make himself a lot of money. He already has. And uh, he – the Giants have to pay him. They've got to pay 
Saquon Barkley, and they've got to pay Dexter Lawrence. So Joe Shane will have to work those numbers out. But those are three, three of the core giants for the next three, four, five years. Talking with Steve Servi uh, about the Giants and the Eagles. Let's veer off for a second. Uh, the Jets have some big decisions to make. They have to get a, a guy to run this offense. They have to get a quarterback. What do you see as legitimate possibilities for both? Well, I, I see Derek Carr. Everybody's talking about Jimmy Garoppolo, but... Um, who knows if the 49ers are going to hang on to Trey Lance and what Garoppolo scares me because the last thing the jets can afford is a guy who has proven that he has a difficult time staying healthy. Now I'm not sold on Derek Carr as a leader, but he's experienced and that's what they need. They need an experienced guy who can manage the game with that defense because that defense is playoff ready. Oh, and, no question. And they yeah. have some players on offense because with Wilson and Hall, they have, and they need to get the offensive line a little stronger, but they have some players on offense to build around. They need a quarterback, and they need somebody to run this offense, uh, and, and in a big way. I mean, a Frank Reich would be perfect. I think he wants to be a head coach. Um, I'm sure most of the guys – I'm not a Hackett fan, okay? You know, mainly – Mainly, I have to admit, because I wasn't a fan of his father, okay? I was never a fan of his father. I was very hard on his father, okay? We know Nathan and Hackett shouldn't have been made the head coach. Uh, but that is not an easy situation there either because how Wilson wants to be coached and how he thinks, who he thinks he is and what he really is are two different things, and that's a big problem there. But that's for another day. But I, I'm, I'm not in love with Hackett. Um, I would love Reich. I don't think he would take the job. Um, it'll be interesting to see who they come up with. They need somebody who can run the entire offense because they clearly, clearly don't know what they're doing with the offense. Uh, they need to turn the offense over to somebody in a big way, and they have to bring a quarterback in. And I, and I can live with Carr. I think he's talented. I like Garoppolo, but I agree with you. I cannot tell you that he's not constantly hurt because he is constantly hurt um and that thing with purdy is fascinating you know you talk about the other games for a second and we're not going to go through them but the game that has a quarterback issue is dallas san francisco dak you never know how he's going to play and purdy is there a point where somebody puts pressure on him and he disrupts he was terrible in the first half against seattle could have had a couple of picks got lucky that they weren't picked off then he had a brilliant second half but if you look at the games, unless you're afraid of Trevor Lawrence, who bailed himself out in the second half after an insanely bad first half, um, there's no quarterback issues in any of these games. you got all big quarterbacks, and I count Daniel Jones and Hurts as proven quarterbacks now. So the bottom line is it's really just the Dallas game that's got the quarterback issues. Yeah, you're right, Dak. Who knows? You know, the 49ers are obviously going to, Going to load up against the run. They stop. They can stuff the run with anybody, and they'll they'll try to make Dak beat them. And uh, with Bosa and Armstead breathing down his neck, uh, you can expect Dak to make a mistake or two. Plus, the Cowboys, the 49ers are rested 
They played last Saturday. The Cowboys played Monday night. Yeah, Jerry's complaining about. You know what Jerry's doing? Jerry's doing his team a disservice by making that such a big issue. You, that's something you got to ignore. You don't let. You don't want your players to make that a big issue. You want them to forget that uh, it happened. <laughs> it's true, but that's something you complain about afterwards. Don't complain about it before the game. Yeah, yeah. Well, Jerry can't help himself. We know that, but. But it's a legitimate issue, without a doubt. Oh, no and, question. Uh, no question. Yeah. Plus, and, that's not an Purdy, easy team. Listen, nobody's going to match up well against San Francisco. The team's loaded. No. No. I've got the Bills and Niners in the Super Bowl. I had, I've, I've had Kansas City and San Francisco. for I, I, had, I had Kansas City from the start of the season. In the NFC, I didn't know who to pick. But I, I went to San Francisco early, and I, I've been on them. I think it's them. I think they're the best team. Uh, obviously, you know, if they have to go to Philly, who knows? Maybe they could get beat. I don't see them getting beat in their building. Um, so we'll see what happens this week. But I'll tell you, the four games are great. And the Giants have really what they've established here, that they can come here with this game and have this kind of chance, shows you how far they've come. It also shows you what happens when teams buy in to a coach and buy into a plan and you see how much the role players get better on a team. And you've watched as this team has improved in so many areas as the season has gone on to where they're a good team now. Yeah, this is, um, Dable's done the kind of job that Belichick has done over the years, not this year, but with a Belichick team, you always knew that they would get better as the year went on. And that's the case with, with the Dable Giants. And, um, he, yeah, he's got to be the coach of the year now. I, I think mean, without any question. Plus, he's given this team a plan, and they've come from behind. A, I mean, for a team without an offense, how many games did they come from behind? 10 points, 13 points in the fourth quarter and win the game. I mean, it's remarkable what they did. Baltimore, Tennessee, go down the line. I mean, and, and win games that they were losing. They outscored Green Bay, another one. They outscored all these teams late and won the games. And they did it without a real offense. And let's be honest, they've only become a real offense in the last three or four weeks. Yeah, yeah. Well, not bad for a rebuilding job, right? Uh, tremendous. And again, guys like, you know, Bellinger stepping up, uh, guys like Hodgins, who has become a real, a real force. I mean, he really has. And Jones has, has taken his game up at least three notches as a quarterback. He's now gone from being shaky to above average to good at quarterback. Yeah. And, uh, no one is more happy or more proud of him than Eli Manning, who basically raised him from a pup uh, when Jones was a rookie. And remember on draft night, everybody, Giant fans were booing Daniel Jones. I didn't think it was a good pick. The sixth pick of the draft I thought was too high. But everyone who knows, I spoke to his college coach, David Cutcliffe at Duke, and Cutcliffe coming out of the draft compared him to Eli Manning and Peyton Manning. And as far as his his preparation and his his quick twitch brain and and his toughness and Cutcliffe was right. Dave Gettleman was right. Belated kudos to Dave Gettleman. Listen, uh, Gettleman destroyed the franchise in so many ways, <laughs> uh, but he, he, you know what? He's been vindicated on a couple of players, so good for that. That at least makes him happy. Um, 
two things. <laughs> it's funny. Jones is a reticent star. Eli, you could see his personality at times come out. He's always had a real quirky sense of humor, if you know him. If you interviewed him as many times as I did, you could see that stuff come through. He was always, he actually had a very good sense of humor, as we've all seen now, and a quiet confidence. And as Archie told me, hey, Peyton would have died in New York. He said to me, Eli was perfect for New York. He told me this early in their careers. He said, nothing will ever bother Eli, and nothing ever did. Criticism from his teammates, the way guys, receivers treated him in the beginning, the way Tiki made comments about him, all the way down the line. The bottom line is he never let any of it bother him on his way to a great career. This kid is more mysterious. I I don't feel like I know this kid at all, and I don't feel like uh, we know. And he hasn't tried to bask in being a star in this town at all. He's taking this year very much in stride. If you feel you know him and you've been around him, give me a little look into his personality. Uh, No, he doesn't doesn't show his personality. He doesn't let anybody get a glimpse of, of the real Daniel Jones except for his teammates. His teammates absolutely love him. They respect him. They think he's a great leader. He's got a fire inside him that, people underestimated for years. Then uh, he's a good guy, but he's got that the perfect temperament for this market, very much similar to Eli's temperament. Now, he's not a practical joker. He doesn't change uh, languages on cell phones to Chinese the way Eli did. But um, they, they, he's just a, he's a good guy from a good family. And, you know, his, David Cutcliffe, his coach at Duke, told me, a couple of years ago, after the Giants were eliminated, when Doug Peterson put Nate Sudfeld in the game for Hurts, and the Eagles lost to the Commanders, giving the Commanders the, the division title, yep. the next morning, even though the Giants were eliminated from the playoffs, he got a hold of Daniel Jones. Jones was in the facility watching tape at 6 a.m., even though the season was over. So this is a guy that is talk about tunnel vision, laser-focused, this guy is driven. He's driven to be a success and win a Super Bowl in New York. Very much like Eli temperament-wise, but I think with a similar raging fire inside to win. And Dable right now is, you know, he can be the, and I don't know that, again, he is going to be one who's going to try to capitalize on any of this. I mean, he can be the, the guy in New York right now. I mean, he is, he is hotter than hot. I mean, if he takes, even with what he's done already this year, as long as they don't get killed Saturday night, he's had a great first year. I mean, without any question. I mean, what he's done is remarkable. So he is riding as high as you can ride as a first-year coach. He seems very comfortable with all of that. Do you see that? Well, he's the same guy every day. Talk about Eli and Daniel Jones. Brian Dable's the same guy every day, and he wants his players to be the same guy every day. With with him, there's never a talk about 
he, he was reluctant to, to suggest the Giants were going to make the playoffs. He wouldn't even mention playoffs uh, until they finally got in when they beat the Colts. Um, with him, it's one day at a, one play at a time during games, one day at a time during the week. Big on preparation, huge preparation guy, huge process guy, and he wants a consistent, steady, mentally tough team. And they've taken on his personality. And behind the scenes, they love him. He he lets them lets their personalities shine. They play ping pong during the week. Saquon Barkley and Davis Webb go at it all the time, every day in the middle of the locker room. Leonard Williams is in there playing doubles. Um, it's a loose group, and I think I say, what do you think about? I think the pressure the pressure is on both teams, obviously, but there's more pressure on the Eagles in this game. Oh no, a tremendous amount of pressure on the Eagles, and the Eagles can't lose this game with the season they had. They need to win this game. They're a one seed at home. Okay, they're over a touchdown favorite. They, 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 the pressure's all on the Eagles. Giants, after last week, Giants in Jacksonville, are, Dallas isn't playing with house money, but Giants in Jacksonville are completely playing with house money. Completely. Well, the Giants, they've, bro- the Giants, they've both arrived yeah. way ahead of schedule. No one expected right. Jacksonville to be here yet. No one expected the Giants to be here this early. So... Uh, I understand Jones has been around longer. Lawrence is only in his second year. But remember, Lawrence was the first player picked, and he was supposed to be. Now he moves into the deep end of the pool and gets to play in a big spot against one of the great quarterbacks. And I think that might loosen him up because I think he's played really tight in the last two games, and he didn't. But he did come back off a nightmare first half and play a very good second half, which is almost impossible to do. I mean, that's an amazing well, achievement. It really is. Yeah. That, but, the, that, you know, the kid's, you... the kid's been under pressure his whole life. I mean, the guy lost two games in high school and won two state championships. He won a national title in Clemson. He lost a couple of games in his career there. The expectations have been rampant his whole life. And he had a nightmare, of which – you rarely see a guy recover from and to recover from in the same game and have the game he had was remarkable. I mean, I, I can't remember somebody being that bad and then finishing that strong. I, I don't remember anybody ever doing that in the playoffs. Well, that's, that's what you want to see out of your quarterback. You, want to, you, want, you need to see a guy, every coach wants a kid who gets punched in the mouth and gets his nose bloodied and gets back up and, uh, and doesn't bat an eyelash, and that's what Trevor Lawrence showed. Uh, he's got some fortitude to him. It's more than just arm talent. It, it's he's got he's made of the right stuff. No, no uh, question. And, and listen, that team that team has had a. Let's be honest. They were two and six. Then they were playing for a division title. They won that, and now they've won a playoff game from twenty-seven nothing down at the half. I mean, right before the half, twenty-seven-seven at the half, twenty-seven nothing with two minutes left in the first half. That's unbelievable. I mean, and now they go to Kansas City, so they're playing with house money. And I think the Giants are too. I think the Giants, 
any way two weeks from now, even if they lost on Saturday night, people are going to be just reveling in the season they had. But the expectations now are going to be much higher, too, as we know, and the expectations are going to be very high. And, you know, we know these guys are going to want to produce that. They they have the wherewithal to produce it, and they're going to expect big things. I mean, this, this you know, is everyone believing this is a giant cycle now? We'll see if it's true. Uh, you know, they have... Obviously, they have some holes to fill on the team. We know that. But, you know, clearly they have made a quantum leap as a team. And their quarterback has made an incredible ascendancy. And he looks incredibly confident. And he looks like he belongs. He really did in in a commanding way. He played a commanding game last week. He really did. And the coach looks extremely confident in everything he does. He has all season. He's looked extremely confident you know uh there's no he's not a phony you can tell he's not a showy guy but you can tell uh, he's he's the boss and he has them ready to play at every moment and and it's impressive it's it's absolutely impressive they've had a tremendous tremendous season i mean it's been a long time coming but they they finally struck gold it took them a long time but they struck gold yep the best coach Giants team we've seen since uh, Tom Coughlin left town. Hey, absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And, you know, the Coughlin team, you know, the Giant teams with Parcells, those were really good teams. I mean, the the 86 was a great team. 89, he thought he had a Super Bowl winner. It was his biggest disappointment. That and the year that they lost with the Jets in in Denver. But that was his biggest disappointment, the flipper game. And the next year, they were a really good team that played a couple of great teams in the Niners and the Bills and upset both of them. That was a wonderful team, though, and a good team that played great. This is, uh, you know, the, Tom, when he beat the undefeated Pats, shocked the world. This team has done a lot of that, too. They've shocked the world. I don't think there's any question. But they got a right first round. They got the right team. Now this is going to be a deeper. Yep. They're clearly playing now a legitimately dangerous good team the one thing i wonder about is can the eagles get back to where they were mid-october late october and a lot of times it's hard to do yeah yeah no i i the giants are going to have to play their best game of the year Uh, i don't think there's any question about that but you know what they have another weapon that we haven't talked about graham gano you know, he is really good, I tell you. And, and have you in your life ever seen anything like we watched with, with the Dallas kicker? Was that unbelievable? Five straight oh. extra points? I've never seen anything like that. No, I've, uh, I don't think. Uh, you and I have been watching there, football though. a long time. I can't remember anything that even approaches no. that. Not even Garo, you're premium. Um, <laughs> I mean, that was unbelievable. That was un- I mean, you saw the guys slamming down helmets. Why don't we go for two? I mean, on the sideline, it was unbelievable. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll probably see the Cowboys go for two-point conversions every time this week. That's funny. Um, they brought a kicker in, but they said he's going to kick. So they're, they're, not, they're, yeah, not, they're still, not jumping yeah. ship. Brett Maher is still alive and kicking somehow. Yep. Yes, he is. Well, listen, appreciate <laughs> it. Have fun in Philadelphia. Hopefully the Giants uh, haven't written their final chapter yet because it's fun. It really is. Well, yeah, I'm going I'm to wear my helmet Saturday night. And uh, always a pleasure, Mike. You're Thanks, still the Steve. best. Thank you. Be well. Take Steve Servi, back too. after this. You're listening to the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. 
Mike Francesa podcast. Now, remember, we will have a football Friday for divisional playoff weekend, which is, to me, the best weekend of the NFL season. To me, I hate to say it, but the NFL season really throttles down after this. You only have three games left. You don't have any games except on Sunday. So this is really it. But I tell you, you have four terrific games. Look at what you have. You have a upstart Jacksonville team in Kansas City. Very interesting storyline. One that has been made more interesting by Lawrence making comments about Arrowhead not being loud, which he's going to wish he didn't do uh, on Saturday. Now, you have the Giants and the Eagles, which needs no hype at all. A divisional matchup with deep hatred and so much on the line as the Giants tackle a one seed. You have the Bengals and the Bills finally getting the game on. And again, hey, the Bills are a legitimate contender, but so are the Bengals. Allen is good, but so is Burroughs. These guys are on the same. Burroughs is on the same level as Mahomes and Allen. He's that good. And that Bengal team is dangerous. Now, they had a tough matchup against a Raven team that knows them very well. And they needed a little defensive help, and they got it. But they are going to be a live team in that game. We'll, and then, of course, Cowboys and the Niners. The Niners playing as well, if not better, as any team this side of Kansas City and any team in the league. And the Cowboys have the talent when they're on their game, especially with their defense and their pass rush, to beat anybody. But they're going to have to play their best game to beat San Francisco. But it's a terrific matchup. These are wonderful games. So if you like NFL, if you like football, this weekend, two games Saturday, two games Sunday, just wonderful matchups. We will break them all down with our Football Friday uh, podcast, which will be up by noon tomorrow. So check that out. And, uh, again, our thanks to Steve Serby for giving us this look at the Giants as we get ready for the Giants and the Eagles on Saturday night. So, really, a wonderful weekend of football coming up, the Football Friday podcast tomorrow. And remember, for all of your wagering needs, it's Bet Rivers in New York and New Jersey, play Sugar House in Connecticut. So check it out. Big football weekend ahead of us as we uh, put an exclamation point on this NFL season. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan, and you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missinelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli podcast today wherever you get your podcasts.